What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello and welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90min Podcast Network, the first episode of 2023. Happy New Year, listener. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, and 90min's top cat, Toby Cudworth. Toby, Happy New Year. How are you? Happy New Year, mate. All good, thanks. Um, Yeah, Christmas is done. Premier League is back. Kind of forgotten about the World Cup already. Don't know about you guys, but it just feels like an attempt. It feels like ages ago. Honestly, really does. Graham, how are you doing? Good, yeah. Happy New Year to everyone. Um, yeah, this window has been already nearly a week old, so yeah, already uh, well and surely into it. Not a not a made space, but wouldn't have it any other way. How many deals have we actually had apart from Gakpo? Uh, not many, you know, there's obviously quite a lot of going on. Um, football league wise, my Middlesbrough just completed Cameron Archer from Aston Villa, probably sending Rodrigo back to Fulham. so... Yeah, it's, it's getting a little bit busy. A lot, lots of talks going on. But as we say, a lot of people like to keep the powder dry to, towards the end of the window and think they can get a better deal. It never, ever turns out that way. But they always think that. Michael Carrick's mighty borough. Wow. Fair play. Mm. Even, even Graham is a believer now. I tried to tell him that he was one of Man United's best managers since, since Sir Alex Ferguson during his three-match spell where he was unbeaten as Man United manager uh, as he was the interim for before the interim. Mm-hmm. Which is a little bit weird. Hey, man, uh, McKenna, but... hey, man, McKenna Scott. They all look at the job Kim McKenna's yeah. doing at Ipswich as well. So you had two, two, obviously two of the brightest coaches in in Britain, and you decide to let them both go. Yeah, uh, you're not telling me that Oleg on a social was the problem, are you? That's not what. This <laughs> I was going to say, how dare you, Scott, suggest that Ollie was the problem? <laughs> anyway, so, one to soon forgotten, isn't he? TC soon forgotten. <laughs> anyway, we're we're a we're a transfers podcast, and we would look to bring you uh, the latest from around the world of transfers. So you can subscribe to our show on all your major podcast platforms, and follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders at underscore not at underscore at Toby underscore Cudworth and at Graham Bailey. Uh, if you would like to follow us for some of the transfer latest, we've been. Uh, Putting some stories out there over the last few days about the developments around a number of Premier League clubs. Manchester United are obviously top of the bill. They usually are. Uh, So we'll be talking about Man United and their transfer plans or lack thereof. Uh, At the top of today's show, we'll be talking Michaelo Mudrick. Uh, We'll be talking Enzo Fernandez because it seems like the world's gone mad. Uh, We'll talk to you Bellingham. We'll talk uh, a a name that Graham is going to bring to us a little bit later on. Uh, from Spain, we'll talk Milan Skriniar as well. Uh, no West Ham irons in the fire section today, Toby. So you'll have to try your very best to shoehorn <laughs> it in if you are able. Uh, Graham, let's let's begin. Uh, Old Trafford, a Man United surprising you, Graham, or are you still not convinced? I I think Ten Hag is doing what he's doing. You know, as I said after the Manchester last Manchester derby, how impressed with Ten Hag, Ten Hag I was, Scott, from just his demeanour, the way he acted. Um, I think that's carrying on. I'm I'm disappointed for him. I think the club have, I think they dropped the ball with Gakpo massively. I think we can all go on and and spout about how he wasn't the right player, this and that. But at the end of the day, Eric Ten Hag wanted him. It was Eric Ten Hag's first choice, and if he is, you do it. 
don't don't you know you employ him for his football opinion. That's the whole point about Ten Hag. And if he wants Cody Gakpo, you get him. Simple as that. Yes, indeed. They do not have Cody Gakpo. He's gone to Liverpool. However, Eric Ten Hag has made no secret of his desire to sign a new forward in January. He said it a number of times that he would like a new player, but it has to be the right player. It has to uh, come into United's financial capabilities and into the the makeup of the squad as well. Uh, there are there's a one there's one or two positions which United are really looking at, although. I've even been surprised that he's managed to bring Aaron Wan-Bissaka back in from the cold, and he's looking all right at the moment. So credit to Ten Hag for that. Uh, will that mean United need a new right back this month, or will they persist with him until the rest until the end of the season? I know we've done uh, stories on Mighty Min Graham of uh, clubs interested in Aaron Wan-Bissaka, but the the big talking point really is up front. Uh, Cody Gakpo was obviously wanted, uh, but. Ten Hag having lost Cristiano Ronaldo in December after, you know, the, the most public of falling outs. Ronaldo is now playing in South Africa, sorry, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's confirmed now, Graham, do we want to go there first that Ronaldo's pretty much, or, or is he is he going to turn the Saudi Arabian League into one of the world's best leagues at 38 years old? I, I think you'll see a few more big names follow, following him over to Saudi Arabia. You know, at the moment, they have the likes of Vincent Abubakar, who, coincidentally, ironically, could be one of the players that United turned to. Um, He's probably on his way out. But yeah, maybe a mini sort of China situation, you know, they are building up towards bidding for the 2030 World Cup, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, So yeah, um, I, I, I'm surprised that he's... I'm not surprised he's gone to Man Nassar. I'm surprised he's gone this early in, in the January. I think he could have String out for a few more weeks. You know, there's a lot of football to be played um, coming up in January, and there could be an injury here, an injury there, and things could have opened up for him. So I'm surprised he hasn't waited a little longer because um, that was the message coming from part of his camp. But hey, it does appear his camp was split. You know, we talked about off pod and before Christmas, where George Benders wasn't particularly sure about this. Um, it's turned out a lot of stories about that as well. So no, a really interesting situation, but um, all United fans delighted it's to the back of them. But obviously, this forward thing, Scott, as we did, we've been we've been doing it's it is it is something that Eric Ten Hag wants to look at. He wants additional forwards, and you're in a position now where you are challenging top four. We were discussing again off pod about the top four. United are in as good a position as I think you could have hoped for, Scott. Really, you're you're pushing for possibly third. You could answer it. I don't answer for you, but I don't think you could have hoped for much more at this point. And I think it's a bit worrying that he's not really getting the backup now. Um, for Jeremy, does is there anything him. to do with the change? There's a cast position, obviously, which is a problem. Um, and the the fact that the club are in process of being sold or mm. um, further investment coming in is that and is that coupled with the club's uplift in performances on the pitch becoming a justification for not needing anything more? Possibly, yeah, you know, they did spend some money. Casemiro was a big buy. And they've still got a big squad, haven't you? The big squad with some big wages there, and it's hard to get rid of. I, but from, from what we're hearing, you know, I think they will go for a forward. And I don't think Gakpo was purely just because they couldn't afford him, we didn't get him. I think we will. I think we could still see someone coming in. I think they'd rather get through to the summer, a bit like Liverpool with their midfielder search. Uh, they'd rather not just paper over a crack, but they'd like to get through to the summer and do the business then. And um, 
if Rashford keeps it up, I think I think they'd rather have given the choice, just give a new deal to Rashford and get through to the summer. It wouldn't surprise if they don't bring it forward in at all. That's my position at the moment. I, I know that we're um, we're seeing a lot of names linked. We'll talk about them in a second. Uh, Ten Hag obviously has said that he wants a new attacker to fill that gap that Ronaldo has left. Uh, Toby, there, there, there's a number of uh, different profiles of player that United have been uh, looking at. Gakpo is your... To me, I didn't think Gakpo was the, the exact right fit, but who am I to question there at Ten Hag? Uh, Gakpo was not your ideal centre-forward, can play there generally plays the left, floats between. Uh, he was one player they've missed out on, and he was Ten Hag's top choice. But there are other names on the list. Mohamed Kudus, we did a story on him earlier this week uh, about United's interest in him. We'll talk about him in a second. But the name there are names like uh, Abu Bakar there that uh, Graham just said, Olivier Giroud, Eric Maxim, Chupo Moting, Memphis Depay. These are different profiles of players. Uh, what What do you think United need? It's clear they need a strike. I was just looking at the table while Graham was talking. So United have won 11 of their 17 Premier League games, which is very impressive. Take the couple of heavy defeats out and shocking first half performances that everybody will want to remind you of. United have actually been very, very consistent. They have only scored 27 goals in those 17 games, though, and that's a long way behind Arsenal and Manchester City, who... United could be trailing. If they win their game in hand, they'll obviously be above Newcastle and will be third. So they do need more of a goal threat. Um, Marcus Rashford is coming into form nicely. And Graham's touched on before Steve McLaren's kind of likeness for potentially pushing Rashford forward up front. And I think Kudos and Gakpo, those kind of players being targets show that Eric Ten Hag isn't necessarily looking for an out-and-out centre-forward because they feel like Marcus Rashford could do that job. I also don't think Ten Hag is willing to bring in a player as kind of like a sticky plaster, for example. And I think Abubakar, Giroud, those short-term signings don't really align for me in terms of what Eric Ten Hag is looking to build at United. And yes, they might want to bring somebody in and Gakpo was possibly the player they should have done all they could to sign. Um, But I don't think they should panic at this stage and they should only go for a player if they feel like it's the right deal. Kudos Ten Hag obviously knows from his time in Holland um, and he's been a fairly decent judge of player so far, hasn't he? I know he's been criticised for bringing players with him from Holland, but they've not done badly so far. Yeah, uh, it's been pointed out to me since we posted that story yesterday that Ten Hag didn't necessarily favour uh, Kudus that much. And there were other, during during their time together, obviously did sign him, uh, but has played in a number of positions, but did tend to favour other players. It's only since Ten Hag has left and he's been succeeded that uh, Kudus has been more of a central player. And he actually, I actually read up an interview from uh, just a few weeks ago where he said, yeah, my preference is as a second striker, but obviously I've been playing up front and scoring a lot of goals so far this season. He scored an f- absolute banger against Liverpool at Anfield in Champions League as well from that central position. So, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the profile of player, I think uh, Kudus being able to play through that central uh, area as well as being able to fill in on the right and the left and in the secondary second striker position as a 10 that is the kind of profile of player that maybe Ten Hag likes you can tell that from his pursuit of Gakpo but Graham tell us about uh, where we are on this because uh, you know 
it's been put out there that United maybe won't want to spend too big. Uh, are they going to get creative? What is this one likely to happen? Is this just one of a number of names that they're looking at? What what is it? Yeah, with the kudos thing, it's it, the it, they're looking at. I think it's a bit for the future as well. You know, it's a player who, yeah, he wasn't the first choice under Ten Hag, but he's worked with. He, he's only young. It's a play he knows he can he can he can trust and build upon. And I think it that I think that shows us that maybe Ten Hag looking at Gakpo, looking at Kudos, I think he wants to build for the future. I'm not sure how keen he is on a tube of Morteng or something like that. He may accept him because it might get him through for six months. Um have a back eye if he came in, wouldn't necessarily be long term as well. So I do. I think he's probably keen. If he can't get a player in who he wants to work with next two or three years, I'm not so sure that he really wants um, a stopgap. Um, and so I think he'd rather go through with a Marshall Ganacho. I think he's got enough players there to get through. I do. I think he's got enough in there to really get through. Um, Would it be enough as as Toby said to really get enough wins to get to that. I think I think he trusts himself. I, I do. I think um it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't go for one of these. Obviously we've seen links. They've been offered players all over the shop. We know that Livy, Giroud, Depay, even if these players aren't necessarily looking to move, they're gonna get offered players all the time. We know that. So no, I I I wonder obviously they've signed Jack Butland as, as number two with had to because of the Bravka going back to Newcastle. I, I wonder if Newcastle Manchester United might be done there. Um, they're going to obviously continue looking uh, right back. I think if they manage to sell Juan Bissaka, which I do still think they want to do, Scott, you know, it's it, shop it, window if, kind of thing, is it? Yeah, you know, Wolves wanted him. I think they still do Palace. So I think I think it's a good move saying, look, well, if you don't want him or if you won't pay his wages, we'll keep him. I think it's quite a clever move, obviously, um, for that. Again, if you know, they want to look to the future for the right back spot and. Obviously, the Dallow situation they took him an option, but he still hasn't signed a new long term deal. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if United had done Scott. I think if the right deal comes up, they'll do it. But I don't, I think, I think that what Ten Hag is putting across there, I don't think it's a real panic. He knows what he wants, but I don't think it's not like you know, that's um, the right way to do it, though, right? Yeah, it's not like the Gallo situation where there's a real panic on seeing any any part in the storm at that point. I don't think it's at that situation. You know, Rashford can play through middle Martial. I think if the right deal comes up, like a Kudos, who United fans would like, because he is one for the future as well. Um, not necessarily start this January. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Butland was that if that was it for the senior signings for United. So were you just on just on Kudos, Scott? I don't know how you feel. I think having somebody who could play in that second striker role is actually something United need. Yeah, they've got a load of forwards, but not many of them can play the withdrawn role centrally. Mm-hmm. And it might allow Bruno Fernandes to kind of drift into, it's a very loose comparison, but Kevin De Bruyne, for example, at City has been drifting more into the right-hand channel. It might free up Fernandes to have a slightly alternative role if United have both of them on the field. And it would just give Ten Hag another option. I agree. I mean, I like what I've seen, certainly, of uh, this lad. Had a decent World Cup as well. Scored mm. uh, scored a couple of goals for Ghana. Uh, and... Physical as well, though, isn't he? Physical, yeah. which... I think if you don't do bring in a new fight, that's what Gakpo as well. But Gakpo was physical, what six foot four or something. So there is um although Kudos and Gakpo aren't alike in that many ways, I think they are both physical. So we can see that it's obviously something that Ten Hag wants. Bit of yeah. physicality in the final third. And t- Toby, you uh you said earlier on that obviously those two defeats in the opening two games to Brighton and Brentford 
you look at it after that, and you've actually you know you've actually been quite consistent. I've looked at the games and the the results since. The only result where you think that's a real upset was the defeat at Aston Villa. If, if you look at the manner of the Man City defeat, sure, like I mean that was that was bad. Uh, yeah. But drawing at home to Newcastle, United on alone in that uh, good team this season. Drawing at Chelsea, maybe they should have won that, but you know it is still Stamford Bridge. Aston Villa was the was the big one really, but you look at the every result they've had really since, and that Brentford game was, if anything, more of a fork in the road for a team. I can't remember a clearer one than that, to be honest. So uh, United in, look looking pretty good. They're not scoring enough goals. They maybe do need another striker, but if everyone, I think in ideal scenario that everybody stays fit, but that's not always how football works. If everyone stays fit, they, I do think they have enough options at the moment, but you know. Window could close the next day. You could see Anthony Martial out for another two months, and Marcus Rashford pick something up. But you know, it's steady, the, but it's steady yeah. but unspectacular progress. And I think that's perhaps why how United have done has gone slightly under the radar. Take the City defeat out of the equation. Take the Brentford defeat out of the equation, and you conceded three at Villa, didn't you? So that's thirteen goals of the twenty that you've conceded in three games. You've actually only conceded seven in the other 14. United haven't conceded a goal at home since Arsenal. Yeah, so they are moving in the right direction. There are still things that need to be addressed. Goal scoring is one of them, but they are solidifying across uh, every area of the field and they have an identity now. I know it's still early days and they're still figuring out the exact specifics of it, but they look a whole lot more cohesive um, than they ever were under Solskjaer and Ranić, and it bodes well for the future. Weird to talk about Man United in a relatively positive light, Graham. Uh, bring us back to Earth. Uh, what's happening with... Uh, well, Jack Butland, we've mentioned, has already signed. David De Gea is obviously... He's not had his contract extension triggered. United have been looking at potentially renegotiating a contract with him for... He is on a, a, an astronomical sum of money. Signed that at the peak of his powers. He's not that goalkeeper anymore. Uh, United have been exploring options there. But David De Gea, what is the latest with United's plan? Yes, yeah, so as Butlin come in, obviously replacing Dubravka. Um, and to hear it's like we've said from from last year when we were pointing out Scott, it's, it's they've had talks with him, and it's going to be amicable. That it's it's all going to be done nicely. They've learnt from Ronaldo's situation. No matter what, United aren't just going to suddenly trigger that clause without to hear knowing about it, as we've seen it happens with some players. They want this to be on good terms. So if to hear does stay, it's an agreement with him on a multi-year contract. Probably not. We're not talking four or five years. We're probably talking two or three. And I know, as I've said on the show before, United had a lot of problems when Ten Hag came in. The, I didn't. I didn't think the goalkeeping position was one of them. I know a lot of fans again getting really busy about his footwork, etc., etc. Et but De Gea, over his career, has won so many more points for United than he'll ever concede. You know, he's he's been a, a brilliant performer, and I think De Gea, from my understanding, De Hag likes him. He likes his involvement in the squad. He likes his maturity. He likes what he brings to the environment, and. As we've seen, when when big clubs are looking for goalkeepers, it's all very well when you've got one. It's great, but when you even even though United love, for instance, um, Costa Porto, Porto, nothing's guaranteed in football. You know, you could lose to here, bring him in. It's it's a massive risk. So I think from Ten Hag's point of view, he's more than happy to stick with the hair. If the hair is happy to take a drop in wages, as you say, Scott, he's not going to get the same deal now. It's a very different world we're in at the moment. But I think that's it, it. He's either going to leave on a free transfer with United's blessing, 
or he's going to sign this multi-year contract, two to three years, um, and then look at it again in a couple of years. I think that that's the way it's going to go. I, from what I'm told, they will not just take up the option, the one-year option. De Gea doesn't want that as it stands. I don't think United do. Um, it's either going to be a two or three-year deal or he's going to leave on a free with United completely changing uh, direction there. But but I think United, whilst you look at someone like the Costa Porto, he's not cheap as he's got. You know, he's a lot of money. And I, I am not exact on this, but I think there's a release clause of about 75 million euros in his contract or something it, like that. I imagine Ten Hag is thinking, you know, if, if that's the last piece of the puzzle, let's do it. But I think he'd, he's got a few areas he'd like to look at first before goalkeeper. So I think that's what, you know, it's always better to definitely know. So I, I think they are trying to do this to hear deal. They love him. You know, he's he was he was being a bit of a boo boy at the start of the season for a little while, wasn't he, with his footwork? But I think most sensible United fans have got over the fact they know he is a top class goalkeeper. You know, look at Spain at the World Cup. I think Spain would look on a lot further with the hearing goal at the World Cup. Um, so yeah, I I think at the moment it's looking towards this new multi year deal. I think fans will love. I think that it'll, it'll bring him back to the fans as well, Scott. Where he takes reduction wages to sign a new deal at United, they'll like that, won't they? They'll like that aspect of oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. We'll see how that one progresses. Uh, we've done enough United. This isn't a Man United podcast. I do one of those myself. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about Liverpool because I've just seen Jurgen Klopp has confirmed that Virgil Van Dijk is out for a month. Uh, that's from Jurgen Klopp, although I did see that was on my Twitter timeline with a caption, so I haven't heard Klopp actually say this. But we do know that Virgil van Dijk was substituted the other day, at least a month in his. He was substituted the other day during... Well, it seems like other... It seems like even good teams can lose at Brentford, uh, apparently. Uh, van Dijk was substituted with a an injury, is out now for a month, what do Liverpool do here, Graham? Because they do have uh, Matip, Joe Gomez, and Kanate. Uh, obviously, I'm sure they'll play James Milner there whenever he's fit if they need to. Uh, but there is a there is a player on the market potentially who plays for Inter, who potentially I don't want to say I don't want to speculate, but there's some interest from Liverpool. The the entire top six in England plus Newcastle top seven all interested in Milan Skriniar, player who many people regard as the best centre half in Europe. Uh, twenty seven years now, and he's but most interesting about Milan Skriniar, he's out of contract at the end of the season. He still hasn't signed his contract, which Inter Inter Milan was suggesting was done in October time. They keep on setting him in soft deadlines, saying, "Oh, if he hasn't signed by here, etc." They've done the same again now, where they wanted doing by the end of January. The play himself, he's keeping his cards close to his chest. But yeah, we, we have reported about the interest from el- elsewhere from the clubs. But interestingly, PSG, who have been long-term suitors of him, they're thinking about Sergio Ramos going to the aforementioned Al Nassar, maybe, going to join Ronaldo, one of the big names who might join this um, likely um, transfers of a lot of big names to Saudi Arabia, and Ramos is one of them. So PSG are back on Skriniar's radar. Liverpool as well. We understand that sources have inquired about what would a January deal look like because the Premier League clubs are now taken seriously. They believe that Skriniar is attainable. Before, when we were in December, November, they all thought he was really probably staying at Inter. You know, we we see a lot of this don't where players do tend to stay in Italy for a long time. They thought this one was one of those sort of deals where, yeah, he's really not coming um, to us. Like like Dybala back in the day when he refused to come to England. But now 
Skriniar's looking at this now. He's got a lot of offers from England. And, and yeah, Liverpool, I think it's a bonus that they're only losing Van Dijk for a month. I'm not saying I don't believe Klopp, but I don't believe Van Dijk will be playing in a month. I don't. They were very, very worried this was a season ender when he did it. He hopes for a month. I, I don't see it. But in Liverpool, it's it's one issue after another, isn't it? The midfield issue, which, you know, we're not geniuses. We all saw this coming, didn't we? In in and when they played against Brentford, the best two midfielders they had in the end was Oxlade Chamberlain and Navigator. Two players who were going to be leaving on Bosman's. It, it's But Thiago's the best midfielder in the world, Graham. <laughs> yes, well, I know I raised a lot of eyebrows when I suggested that he was a flop. But um <laughs> I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. Um not many of those people who condemn me coming back at me at the moment. Um he, and yeah, that that's our game. I was you know what I was thinking about Scott. I was watching Thiago float balls to the Brentford, whichever defender it was, every time he got the ball. I thought he's just he's just nowhere near the player that they assigned. They thought they were getting one of the world's best midfielders. Now, I think a lot of people forget that. He 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 was superb in that Champions League final, wasn't it? The one before they got him. And Liverpool were going right rightfully so. Liverpool fans were going crazy when they got him. But there's so much work to be done with this Liverpool team. And I I, I tossed the coin. I, I went with them for the title at the start of the season. It, and now Van Dijk's... It, honestly, I, I think Liverpool, there's a, a massive amount of work for them to do in this summer. I think they could scrape top four. I think they could somehow. The players are good enough. But, yeah, they're looking at centre-half. So it's a centre-half now on the agenda. Do they bring this midfielder in? You know, I think ideally they'd like to do a loan with an What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Option or a clause to get someone. Amrabat is the guy at Fiorentina who they like, but they like Casido at Brighton. They like obviously Infidu Bellingham. But there's so many different areas that need. Apart from the forwards, I think the forwards are okay. But midfield and defence, and we've seen Trent as well, as we've talked about Trent a lot, haven't we? And he was, um, yeah, his normal, as, as we've seen the season, his normal shambolic self at Brentford, where he he, he, he was dire, wasn't he? Um, but yeah, I, I, I worry. Apparently not tall enough, I should. Uh, being not tall enough at Brentford uh, is a real problem for defenders, uh, apparently. <laughs> Even though I think Virgil van Dijk's quite tall. Yeah, yeah. Lisandro Martinez, you know, he's not tall enough. Well, uh, he's a decent Premier League player. Martinez won't go any further than that still. But I do think, I don't want to see anything. I think this, and then we talk about the impact of this, the way Liverpool are going on. If you're Jude Bellingham watching City, Madrid, sorry, bad example, City, Madrid, and this Liverpool team, why on earth would you want to join this Liverpool team? Because it's Liverpool. It's. I think no, that that I actually think is the, that is actually the the response I get when I when I have, have asked that question as well. Let's let's actually <laughs> talk about Jude Bellingham. Let's bring him up the order because uh, mm. there is a tie in. Uh, obviously, I think Liverpool probably feel an element of confidence that they'll get him. I'm sure Real Madrid feel, as you probably read in the the Madrid press, probably feel an element of confidence that they've got him. Man City are probably the one of the best clubs in the world to join at the moment. Logical sense points to if the, if the lad wants to have a good career and win trophies, you're pretty safe at City or Madrid. Uh, so what's happening with Jude Bellingham? Uh, literally, we've done a piece on this. You'll be able to read 
day by the time a podcast comes out. Um, he's just fallen, fallen off the map here, actually, with with Dortmund on their period. So literally, if you want to know what he's doing now, he's literally just got off a plane at the Marbella training camp after his mother, Denise, dropped off his passport after he forgot it this morning, which was to the hilarity of the German press. They thought that was great. It's easy to remember, it's easy to forget, actually, that Jude Bellingham is still, what, 19? And yeah. I did that when I was 19. Just a boy. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, My so mate, actually, who played rugby, actually had his dog eat his passport. Uh, it's a real thing. A, as a real thing, it made national news as well. Excellent. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so uh, it's where we are. You know, we obviously we didn't jump on any of the Liverpool have got the deal done for Bellingham bandwagon, as you know, Scott. And um, we we've always said decision hasn't been made yet. He has had talks with Dortmund over the last few days that we understand there are a few more talks are coming up and decision will be made sooner rather than later on where he wants to go. You Dortmund have allowing him to leave in the summer. Um if he doesn't want to stay, he has the option of staying and signing an extension with a release clause. Dortmund do remind me, sources close to Dortmund do keep on saying to me, saying, yeah, he is going to be allowed to leave in the summer, but it will be on their terms. You know, he, he doesn't have the release clause. So unless someone's going to make him one of the most expensive players of all time, which he'll have to do, he, he will be staying at Dortmund come what may. But we do expect the three teams who are interested to come up with the goods. And yeah, um, as you say, Scott, City believe that the their big selling point for City is that ability to work with Pep Guardiola for, two, for at least two years. They're not sure that Jurgen Klopp can offer him that guarantee at Liverpool, but obviously he seems to have a fondness for Liverpool at some point. And then we have the mighty Real Madrid, who have already finalised the signing of Endrick, um, maybe believe is the best 16-year-old in the world at the moment, and um, they'd love to have him in Madrid now, but he has to wait two years. And they've already got Camavinga, Chumani, adding Bellingham to make it not a bad little trio in there. They've got Valverde as well. It's a really, really interesting one. But, but yeah, as you say, Scott, they have all made a compelling, what they feel is a compelling case to Bellingham. And they all have a bit of confidence there. Um, it's going to be a fascinating decision he has to make. It really is, isn't it? it what, what a decision he has to make, um, Bellingham. Um, having And when you sit back and think about it, Scott, I, do you have the the goal or the, or the balls, if you want a better word, to turn down Real Madrid? I'm not sure he does. I'm not sure anyone does. But obviously, we saw Kelly when we saw Kelly and last person to do it was Kelly Mbappe. And I think you'll find he regretted it quite soon after he made that decision. Mm-hmm. Toby, you're Jude Bellingham. Yep. Go on. <laughs> don't say West Ham. <laughs> I don't. I don't think anybody wants to come to West Ham right now. <laughs> Jesus. Um, the best career move I think for Bellingham is probably it's Real Madrid, isn't it? Real Madrid are the best club to go to in almost every circumstance. If you want to return home and you want guaranteed success, certainly immediate success, um, Manchester City is the place to go. That squad is incredible already. Guardiola is going to stay there for at least another couple of years. So Bellingham gets to kind of further his game and develop under Pep before he leaves. The one option that you look at out of the three right now, the undesirable option is Liverpool, which is... Pretty crazy to say. Um, 12 months ago, you th- would think he would want to go there. But right now, a lot of things need to be fixed. And yes, it's the prestige of playing for Liverpool. And yes, it's the prestige of playing for Jurgen Klopp. But that project doesn't stand out to me as the one that you would want to join. So for me, it's a straight shootout for Bellingham to go between Real Madrid and Man City. I agree with Graham. I think Real Madrid have potentially got the edge 
and you look at that midfield, Chiromani, Camavinga, Bellingham, that could be the midfield for the next decade with Endrick in there. Mbappe probably ends up at Real Madrid oh, at some point. It's, 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 it's staggering, insane. isn't it? It's staggering. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to... Uh... I agree with you guys. Let's let's just say that. I think there's just something different about that Real Madrid the thing kit, I think isn't he there, might do, you know? guys. I think he might look at it and think, do you know what? I could have two or three years at City and then go to Madrid. I think that if they are plotting a career plan out, I think that could be something he looks at. But yeah, as you say, but our Madrid, you can't you can't guarantee Madrid will be there in two or three. It should they should be, but yeah, it's gonna take a lot of a lot a lot of confidence on his part to um to turn that down, isn't it? Or he could take that famed Steven Gerrard number eight shirt, which I hear is very, very appealing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> anyway, sorry, yeah, you're quite, you're quite enjoying this. Uh, the, the you're quite enjoying the. Uh, Graham, I've worked in football for coming up a decade, and Man United have been terrible the entire time. So I'm starting <laughs> to, I'm going to enjoy myself a little bit. I, anyway, I just want to see. Um, I just quickly want to say, I want to see another English player at Real Madrid giving it a go. There hasn't been that many in my lifetime. Probably what five, six. And the um, fact he committed to go abroad at seventeen, he he is happy to play abroad. He likes playing abroad. That has to be a big factor as well, isn't it? Where we know some players, some English players will never ever go abroad, no matter who's in for them. But the fact that that he's already abroad and is loving life in Germany, his transition to Madrid will be a lot easier than other players as well. Yes, indeed. We'll see how that one pans out. I don't think that one is, uh, you know. Well, that move is not happening in January. Let's just put it that way. Uh, decisions might be made, uh, this kind of thing. But there's a few good options there for Jude Bellingham. And uh, let us know, if you're Jude Bellingham, who would you pick? Uh, at Scott Sa- at underscore Scott Saunders, at Toby underscore Cudworth, at Graham Bailey, uh, for get in touch with us, you know. Let us know who you think uh, Jude Bellingham would be best off going to. There's, there's a couple of other players as well who are potentially involved with big money moves and they could be this month. Uh, let's let's move to Enzo. I, I think let's move to Enzo because obviously I think there's interest from Real Madrid in Enzo Fernandez as well. Uh, but obviously the big story this month has been Todd, Mister mm. Bowley, who's uh, I don't know whether it's him doing this, but no, it's, it's probably not, is it? It's his uh. Is his transfer, you know, he's he's rebuilt the structure of the club uh, after Roman Abramovich has left, after he's taken over, obviously, uh, re- rebuilt the structure of the club above. And uh, Chelsea is spending a hell of a lot of money. And it seems like they want to spend a hell of a lot of money on Enzo Fernandez, Or do they, Graham? Yeah, they want him. Um, it's one that's for Burley, obviously, start the World Cup. He was out in Qatar. He spoke to people in around him, and they've gone for it. And um, George Mendes has been instructed from just before Christmas to work on Chelsea's behalf. He's been working on this. In terms of agreed with the player, the player he has as his head turn. We saw Roger Smith um, mourning about Chelsea um, early in the week, the Benfica coach. And and yet we we know the players had his head turned. We don't think he's playing. Is it tonight, Porto Monense? We don't think he's going to be playing tonight. The player hasn't gone on strike yet. He hasn't done an Anthony to force his way, but it wouldn't be surprised if we saw that. Chelsea still want this to happen, but they don't want to pay the full release clause, which is one hundred and five million pounds. And but but and Benfica did come round to a certain extent there where they were willing to take instalments, but it, they didn't. 
I think Chelsea wanted it to be equal instalments. Benfica didn't. They want a big chunk of the deal in the first instalment rather than being, say, three forty-two millions. They don't want that. I think it's a huge amount of money for Benfica to say no to. This one isn't done and dusted yet. You know, the player really, really wants to go to Chelsea. And um, yeah, it's it's it, it's going to take a lot to get back on track, but there's not many people better in the world than George Mendes are getting a multi-million pound deal over the line. So whilst he's still involved in this, I wouldn't rule it out. And um, yeah, I, I still added uh, uh, towards it happening. But yeah, I think Benfica have been, they've been strong. Rui Costa, president, um, He's really getting their money's worth, but the considering it's for a player who's played what less than twenty league games for them, it's a phenomenal amount of money. As we say, Scott, he would the fourth highest paid player of all time, first most expensive player of all time, phenomenal amount of money. But yeah, clearly one that Chelsea feel the need to do. Toby, he was signed for what fourteen million euros or something like that six yeah. months ago. <laughs> it's, a, just, it's a crazy deal. Football gone mad. He, just, he yeah. didn't win the World Cup, but I mean. Come on. I'm sure Chelsea don't want to... Uh... Chelsea, you could have just signed him in like six months ago, you know? Even I had an issue with United's interest potentially being there when they could have signed him for that kind of money six months ago. But Premier League clubs are cash rich, aren't they? But come on. It's excessive, to say the least. Enzo Fernandez is going to be a really good player. We saw in the World Cup what he has in his game. Um and he's, what, only 21, he's going to be a world star, but there's going to be a plenty of other world stars as well. And I just feel like this is, I don't know if it's panic from Chelsea, but they're looking at their squad and they're thinking, Christ, we need central midfielders, we need goals. Um, they can't stop spending money on their defence. They're just kind of throwing out offers left, right and centre and just seeing what sticks. Um, Benfica inside are probably laughing that Chelsea are willing to pay this money they obviously don't want to do it in installments for good reason but the logic for Chelsea to pursue this deal now and to kind of put all of their eggs into the Fernandez basket I don't get it um I look at the summer as being a time when they really need to do their business they've got to clear out a load of players still I know that they feel it's more achievable and that number has come down over the past window or two but there's still players to get rid of They've got inside forwards everywhere you look and none of them are performing. Um, and they're 10th in the league. You speak about why would Jude Bellingham want to go to Liverpool right now? Why would Enzo Fernandez want to go to Chelsea right now other than he's been promised a load more signings are coming and he's getting a load of money because it's definitely not for their performances on the pitch. Um, so I feel like he's got better options out there. And if anything, he should be waiting until the summer, until he actually sees who's queuing up for him. Uh, but... Yeah, Graham, you, you've been a. Well, I say you can you can uh, contest this if you want. I think you've been quite defensive of Todd Todd Bowley's uh, strategy. Chelsea have actually confirmed. Oh, the consigning of Andre Santos has been confirmed during the time that we've been recording this podcast. By the way, Chelsea now ha I know they have a uh, problems with. Uh, they have a lot of players. Toby just talked about the inside forwards. That they have a lot of players there who perhaps shouldn't be there that they can't. They've got a lot of players and they need to... Chelsea fans see their midfield as a problem, obviously, but you've got Chukwumeka who played against Man City. You've got Andre Santos. You've got long-standing interest in Declan Rice. I'm sure they'd like to sign Jude Bellingham as well. I know we didn't talk about them in that in that sense, but Enzo Fernandez as well. How, how, what is the plan, Graham? Can you, can you give me any 
clarity. Graham's on mute. He clearly doesn't want to give us any clarity. Ah, there we are. Can, I, I think there is a plan there. Kante and Jorginho are going to be leaving in the summer. They are trying to talk. They're doing the due diligence of maybe offering them smaller contracts, but that frees up a lot of money. But yeah, in terms of... it's. I agree with Toby. It's a it's scattergun. I've seen people call it scattergun approach. It is, and yeah, I do. I do like Todd Burley's great, especially for someone in my position, my job. He he is great. <laughs> um, he does create a lot of copy. Um, it, it, it's a strange and and look at Baddy Shield being given a seven and a half year. Contract. Didn't even talk about that one. I know. Um, which is a player that did want before, but it it's it's a strange and and you talk about Graham Potter. Toby, and I and he's being he was given a what six year contract six and a half. I think if Chelsea finished tenth or lower, Graham Potter won't be in charge next season. So I think I any think... anybody who who looks at Chelsea would say that as well. Yeah, even um, they, I know it's a different uh different operating system. But, but that's good. Yeah, but... it's just, it's just simply not good enough, is it? And but it's in, at Chelsea, yeah, um, it's hard to see what the other players have got on Kunku coming in who. Again, nice inside forward, just what they needed. Raphael Liao, who the the love, but again, is a you would a wide forward coming in. Maybe the con maybe the same as number nine. I think he could be number nine, but just go and sign number nine, really, don't you? But hey, we said that with Gapo, if they if they feel that Liao is the one as well. So there's a lot of these deals are getting lined up as well. And if it's Fernandez and Rice, then then what about I, I do worry about sometimes the Gallagher and the Mounts of this world, you know. Let's get Mason Mount's new deal over the line before we do all this. Didn't even, you know, Mason, I didn't Mason, even talk Mason, about these guys. I I, yeah, I was talking about new signings and they've Mason, got all these players. Yeah. Mason Mount hasn't signed his new deal yet, which is not massively weird because I think he'll get it done. But look, look, let's get these deals done, you know. And um, I, I presumed, I was told it was more of a when Declan Rice, if and when he comes in the summer, team up with um, Mount. But <laughs> who knows who he's going to be teaming up with but and but the money being spent we and we all we all presumed and it was said by this there's going to be no Abramovich type spending but he, he's, they've, they've lived up to every bit of if Abramovich was still here his spending regime they haven't it hasn't died his death has it they really are splashing the cash and um, we haven't yeah, even I, mentioned Mudrick yet I need to come on to him Exactly, this Mudrick thing I think sums up the scattergun. It really does sum up the scattergun approach where they were in for Endrick, in for they're just you know, it, it's like I, me I, st- trying to stockpile players on football manager. Yeah, the bit, yeah, the, I, I don't, I feel, feel a bit, I don't think it's totally safe, but someone's using Chelsea a lot, their name for these players because you know, if you're going for a player, it was like Rafinha, wasn't it? It was a very similar situation with Mudrick. Mudrick wants to go to Arsenal. Even though he knows Chelsea are interested, and we did a story on this, he still made it clear he wants to go to Arsenal. Just we don't. Why are you? Why are you even bidding for him? It's and, and we knew Endrick, Chelsea, and and fair play to Madrid and and Palmeiras. And they use PSG and Chelsea, which seem to be the two main culprits here. They do get used quite a lot for some of these deals, um, but. Yeah, and like yeah, Modric, no, but yeah Graham, I know that yeah, we it's... we've had conversations in the in the past where we we've said, look, Real Madrid, no, this one's done, you know, and they're they're pretty confident that <laughs> they'll be getting Endrick, and then there's other clubs still floating around thinking, oh, we might have a chance here. Yeah, some of the clubs stepped away, you know. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. It was always very strange, wasn't it, with the Endrick situation that um, the best young player. Why why aren't Man City in for this? Because they already knew, <laughs> they already knew where he was going. If he was the best player, 
player in the world and he was available, Man City would have been in for him, wouldn't it? But even, even Barcelona, you know when Barcelona back away from a deal, there's something there's something there's something wrong there, isn't there? I mean, if they're back away from a deal, you should really be back in the way as well. But yeah, who who knows? And 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 the excite but the exciting thing is with Chelsea, who are they going to get linked to next week, Scott? And it's not just Lincoln, who are they going to bid for next week? We see a lot of teams linked and, and we hear talk, but they they just go in there and bid. It's Toby, great. have have Chelsea taken Man United's place as the team who have been linked with every single player in the world? But it seems like there's actual interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they actually bid yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> they throw a bid in there as well. Going, that, that's they, the only difference, they, isn't they inquire, there? Chelsea... They, they inquire about a player and go, yeah, and we'll give you X amount as well. There you go. Chelsea's interest seems to be genuine in all of these players. But the other point I just wanted to touch on, these signings for me just don't align with who Graham Potter is as a manager. He's his career so far has been developing under the radar young players. We've seen him bring Lewis Hull and Amari Hutchison into the first team fold at Chelsea. But if they came close to signing anywhere near the amount of players they've been linked to, those boys are never going to get a look in. And if they do, who's it going to be at the expense of? You could you can only see this project going one way. It's what you've touched on already, Graham. Graham Potter is not going to be at Chelsea for the long run. And I'm sorry, I, I know we want young coaches to develop and be given an opportunity at big clubs. In the summer transfer window, players care about who the manager of clubs are. They want high-profile bosses as well. If Chelsea mm-hmm. comes seventh or eighth, which, to be honest, looking at the state of affairs right now, they'll do well to do that. They're not going to want to join Graham Potter at Chelsea, are they? Not unless Todd Bowley's making extreme promises that we're going to do X, Y, Z, and he's painting a picture of it being a very different landscape in 12, 18 months. You, I think, you, Toby, like going back to the, the Chelsea City game, and you talked about Graham Potter and his favour, I think his substitutions told me a lot about what he wants to do there to me, because they ended up with Chukwemeka on the pitch, Lewis Hall, as you mentioned, a number of other players. And we've, we're all forgetting here as well, even though we pointed it out at the time. Chelsea signed Aubameyang for Tuchel and then sacked Tuchel. And now Tuchel is out of work. Graham Potter is managing Aubameyang, brought him on as a sub and brought him off in the same game. It just... It is it going so to clear work, up soon? So much work to do. Kepper, I still don't like the look of Kepper in goal for them. Yeah, Thiago does well. Uh, Chelsea and Liverpool at the moment, between them, is, it must, I say must buy you as a United fan. You, you think you have work to do, but them two... Uh, you couldn't imagine how far, how, completely in reverse the pair of matter, but hey, um, Todd Burley keeps spending to get it right by the looks of it. Yes. Uh, we talked Mudrick there. Anything to add on him, Graham? He, he wants to go to Arsenal. He's made that clear last 24 hours as well from our understanding. It's getting there. Arsenal not too amused by Chelsea coming in. You can't stop them talking to Dario Cerny who was in the stadium last night. But there is a belief in the Arsenal camp that will get it done. Um you know, I think I think Shakhtar will come will come back not down to earth because it is not unreasonable. But I think yeah, there's a belief that will agreement will come and uh, and Mudrik will get his wish of joining uh, title challengers Arsenal. Final section of the show today, uh, Graham Ivan Fresneda. Tell me about him. I yeah. have no idea. Please, Outstand- please. Real Valladolid outstanding right back who. Yeah, he's coming to saying he started his first game in September and he's just been taking the league by storm. A lot of people love him. Juventus by Munich, all of England, big guns like him. 
mainly Newcastle. Newcastle were looking for a young right back, as you know, Toby. They're looking at Harrison Ashby at West Ham and Cody Drama. But this guy's come on the agenda, maybe available for 10 to 15 million euros, which isn't bad value. But yeah, I think Newcastle would have liked to have got this done under the radar, but now it's come out the news of their interest and all the other clubs are looking at him as well. I can't and, believe um, you did that, Graham. Yeah, yeah. The um, the, and at Newcastle, Andre Santos, as you revealed to sign for Chelsea, they were they were very annoyed that they didn't get him as well. But I said, when you start fishing with a bigger, when there's bigger fish in the pond, you're going to lose out on some, aren't you? And um, Newcastle, yeah, Newcastle like this guy a lot. They want this right back to back up Kieran Trippier. Um, so we'll keep nine him. He he's going to leave this window, Fresno. The Paqueta, the manager of Valdez, made it clear that yeah, he's going to go. And Newcastle hope it's there, but it wouldn't surprise me if someone like United or someone else came in for him, Scott. So I think it's a good chance he comes to England or maybe stays in Spain, going back to Real Madrid, where he started off as a youngster. Final section, a quick word, Toby. A West Ham doomed. I don't know if we're doomed because there's so many other poor teams in the division. Might be one of those situations where there's three worse than us, so we get away with it. But um, you don't want Nathan Jones sacked, do you, TC? No, Nathan Jones can stay as long as he likes in Southampton. <laughs> That's absolutely fine. Keep Frank Lampard in his post at Everton as well. And Jesse think, Marsh. Yeah, keep those guys around, and I think West Ham will be all right. But something has got to uh, something's got to change. Do you, want a, cha- do you against... want a change, Toby? Do you want Moyes out? Are you a Moyes out person? I'm not. I'm not yet because I feel like the credit he's got enough credit in the bank for what he's achieved in the last two years what we've the journey we've been on getting to a Europa League semi-final you know those are memories that I will cherish as a supporter for many years to come and before that we were such a yo-yo team flirting with relegation and I know we're doing that again this year but we did spend a lot in the summer we should be doing better but I do think it's close we just have to find a way to be more of a goal threat um probably means Moyes needs to adapt and change. I know he's a bit set in his ways and he doesn't necessarily tinker with the lineup too much. Um, I'd like him to turn it around because I think panic sacking is never the way to go. But we kind of said pre-pod, didn't we, that you could easily expect five managerial changes at the bottom of the table between now and the end of the season because there's so much money on the line that if this does continue, if West Ham struggle for the next two or three games, they might have no choice but to make a change. And all you might need as well is just a good string of form together to get you out of the mire, uh, the way it's looking. Anyway, uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, Graham. Thanks, Toby. Uh, Thanks for listening as well. If you've got that far, credit to you as well for listening to us bang on about football for a little while. Uh, We'll be back more regularly because it's the January transfer window uh, on Talking Transfers. We'll be back next week with uh, more on the latest developments in the transfer market, mainly around the Premier League, but I'm sure we'll do some of the biggest deals in Europe if they are to happen. Uh, But yes, please subscribe on all of your major podcast platforms and follow us on Twitter too, at underscore Scott Saunders, at Graham Bailey, and at Toby underscore Cudworth. We'll be back very soon, as I said. Happy New Year. And we'll see you soon, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to Talking Transfers.